Can a new Alzheimer's drug slow cognitive decline? Find out about this and more in today's PV Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Senior VP Medical Director, coming to you today from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Here are today's stories. ASI and Biogen have announced top-line data for the Phase 3 Clarity AD study of Lacanemab, an investigational anti-amyloid beta protofibril antibody for patients in the earliest stages of Alzheimer's disease. While Lacanemab does not cure or reverse Alzheimer's disease, it shows that targeted amyloid can successfully slow disease progression. In a placebo-controlled, double-blind, parallel group, randomized study of 1,795 patients with early Alzheimer's disease, Lacanemab reduced clinical decline of the global cognitive and functional scale, called CDRSB, compared with placebo at 18 months by 27%. All key secondary endpoints were also met with Lacanemab compared with placebo, including the change in amyloid levels in brain measured by amyloid PET scans from baseline to 18 months, the AD assessment scale cognitive subscale 14, the AD composite score, and the AD cooperative study activities of daily living scale for mild cognitive impairment. Overall, the incidence of amyloid-related imaging abnormalities, including edema effusion and microhemorrhages, cerebral macrohemorrhages, and superficial cirrhosis, were in line with expectations. The total incidence of any ARIA adverse events was 21.3% in the Lacanemab group and 9.3% in the placebo group. In July 2022, the FDA accepted ASI's biologic license application for Lacanemab under the Accelerated Approval Pathway and granted priority review. Accelerated approval could come as early as January 2023, and the company plans to submit Lacanemab for full approval by the end of March 2023. More information from the study will be available when ASI presents Clarity D study results on November 29, 2022 at the Clinical Trials of Alzheimer's Congress. They also plan to publish the findings in a peer-reviewed medical journal. In our next story, we learn that the risk of developing psychosis and bipolar disorder may be detectable long before these illnesses begin, possibly enabling early intervention and even prevention. A total population cohort study of all Finns born in 1987, published in World Psychiatry, showed that for all psychoses and bipolar diagnoses by age 28 years, 50.2% occurred in individuals who had attended child and adolescent mental health services at any point between ages 0 to 17 years. Individuals who attended child and adolescent mental health services but did not receive a mental disorder diagnosis had an equally high risk of developing a subsequent psychosis slash bipolar disorder as individuals who did not receive a diagnosis. Individuals who developed psychosis or bipolar disorder were 2.3 times more likely to have had an initial diagnosis of depression or other mood disorder, and 1.7 times more likely to have had an initial diagnosis of disruptive behavior disorder than other child and adolescent mental health services attendees. Only 1.8% of individuals who had not attended child and adolescent health services developed psychosis or bipolar disorder, reinforcing the strong connection between child and health mental services, admission, and future diagnosis. And finally, the National Comprehensive Cancer Network has released updated recommendations on COVID-19 vaccination in patients with cancer. 
Major updates include sections on bivalent vaccine booster, the NVX CoV-2373 vaccine, vaccination in pediatric patients, and myocarditis risk. The guidance defines which patients should be considered immunocompromised and what that means for booster eligibility and scheduling. Information is categorized by type of malignancy and or treatment as well as type of vaccine. The guidance also includes many previous recommendations and statements while continuing to assert that the timing of COVID-19 vaccination will not interfere with most other vaccines. However, different vaccines, such as the annual flu vaccine, should be administered at separate injection sites. And that's today's Medical Roundup. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PB Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pbroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at pvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, Medical News Roundup, and just ask, what's my Flash Briefing? Thanks today to our staff editor, Gabrielle Mastello, for selecting and editing our stories, and to Sean Mullen for production assistance. Join me next time for an episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine.